0: This is Starshot, a Cortex Actual Play. I'm your game moderator, Kirby. And today, uh, before we hop into the show, I want to talk about what this episode actually is. So taking a minor break from our regular releases, this is a one-shot that we recorded back in May, wherein we got most of the players and a couple of guest players to join us. Uh, This was back when we were still learning Cortex Prime and transitioning from the Firefly RPG, which was Cortex. And so I was experimenting a little bit with different mechanics than what we were used to. Uh, And so what I'm going to do before we hop into the episode is talk about what's on the character sheet so that our veteran listeners know what's going on and our new listeners can listen on that. And then I will transition to a brief blurb about what Starshot normally covers. This is an in-universe Starshot game we do not need to have listened to the other Starshot episodes in order to understand what's going on. This takes place far, far away from what's happening in the regular Starshot lineup. A quick disclaimer about audio quality for all listeners. Basically, the the short of it is, is that we tried a different way of recording our audio, especially with such a large group, and some of the audio needed to be salvaged from a redundancy that i had recorded over discord and so the setup was essentially just recording all sounds that my computer made and so for the audio that I needed to recover you'll notice that there's probably like little chimes in the background or perhaps people talking over one another the setup was not the most ideal for the redundancy and essentially everyone got lumped in together. And also my computer caught every single sound that was making by itself as well, which I hadn't noticed until after we finished recording uh, that it was doing that. But I still wanted to release this episode because frankly, it was, a, it was a fun time for all of us. And it's too good to just throw out just because there are a couple of chimes in the background and honestly, It happens probably every few minutes, but it's just a quick chime here and there, and it shouldn't be all that distracting. You'll also notice that some of the audio from specific players may not be up to snuff. I tried the best I could to clean that up, but unfortunately uh, some of it is a little um, subpar from what I would have wanted to release Uh, in any case the character sheet that we used was different from what we normally do for starshot so for starshot we basically normally follow what was on the firefly rpg character sheet so that's your attributes plus skills for this one i kept attributes, so you'll see the mental physical and social attributes but instead of using skills since the players of this are all a part of the same crew I use roles which include commander, engineer, medic, pilot, scientist, security. You will also hear about how they have specialties. I was playing around with the idea of attaching specialties to roles. And some of those specialties include what cortex prime normally refers to as affiliations, which is normally broken out as its own trait set. So I was using solo, buddy and group for just a couple of the characters part of this was basically just to see how it would impact their role-playing and it did in a fantastic way i think this was going to have a horror slant and we kind of do dip into a little bit of horror genre uh, toward the end there but it's nothing too graphic i don't think Uh, but i suppose mild content warning uh, with regards to some mild description or what I would consider mild description of um a body horror beyond that uh, our players had a distinction set and that was really actually all they had uh, attributes roles distinctions and so for our veteran listeners if you want to just kind of skip ahead uh, because I'm going to spend like a minute or two talking about what the normal star shot setting is uh feel free to skip ahead. This is probably going to take us closer to the 10 minute mark. For those who have stuck around and wanted a primer on what Starshot is, or perhaps veterans who wanted a recap on what Starshot is, Starshot takes place a few hundred years in our future. It basically covers the future where Earth suffered from overpopulation, climate change, and all the consequences that spin off of that. It also covers a future where we don't have FTL, where we did try terraforming efforts, but it didn't pan out. And actually that's a big focus of what this episode is about. Uh, This one shot took place in our regular solar system, but Starshot normally takes place in a distant uh, star system. And so what basically happened, since we don't have FTL, is that this mysterious wormhole opened up, and it was opened up for years, and scientists determined that this might be our best chance of getting a ship uh, that isn't a generation ship out there, and sending us uh in hopes of finding a better place and so they sent a ship called the deliverance in uh, which was a massive ship Uh, and basically something went wrong the wormhole started to collapse just several minutes into the voyage and even though it was just a few minutes this was enough to send the deliverance light years away and they find themselves On the moon of this gas giant uh, that is now called Janus. And so uh, the deliverance crash landed there. It was a very rough event that is now referred to as Worldfall. And this all reflects an unaired season wherein we had started to record using a Powered by the Apocalypse game called Worldfall. Uh, which is a spin-off of Legacy Life Among the Runes 2nd Edition. And uh, long story short there, uh, my computer basically broke down. And I lost most of the recordings to the point to where it wasn't really worth putting out these random recordings and no one had any contacts with what, what was going on. So we finished play on that, finished that uneared season as it were, which was really just going to be a couple more episodes and we jumped forward 30 years. So Starshot normally takes place on the planet of Janus. They have no communication with their home planet and they've basically just trying to scratch out a living and figure out what to do next. And so our format is generally, uh, one-on-ones all the player characters exist within the same setting it's just that partly because of scheduling issues it's hard to get all of us on board on the same time Uh, and then two I personally just thought it would be interesting to have characters who were unaware of what was going on with one another's storylines and to see how that would cross paths and so we do have uh, crossover episodes now we originally started this with the genesis role-playing system however uh, we have since switched over to cortex prime if you're here just to look for cortex prime episodes this is a good jumping in point or a good standalone to see if you even like what we have to offer but also uh, there is an episode where i, I do a starshot update and this labeled switching to cortex where i talk about the switch and anything after that is pure cortex uh, if you didn't want to listen to any of the genesis stuff and if you wanted to follow a character that had been cortex primed from the start that would be the corbin jones chapters so uh and corbin jones is played by tony he's also in this episode as fan the uh, last dances pilot uh, which is the ship that they're on and uh, that's really all you need to know without uh without spoiling anything. With all that out of the way, uh, we are going to jump into our episode. Our story opens up with a shot of a somewhat familiar red planet. It's got a new hairdo. Uh, there's splashes of uh, water here and there on the surface. There are uh, little bits of green around the equator. Uh, but more importantly, there are heavy cloud uh, these heavy storm systems that uh, basically crawl across Mars. Uh, much of this have, much of this has begun to break up over the course of the last uh, couple of weeks, which has the scientific community abuzz right now. And no one's quite sure what to do about it, but Reinhardt Goodson Interstellar, who has uh, chosen one of their prize ships, The Last Song, to uh, officially research and investigate. But you all know you're there to plunder, and salvage from the old Martian colonies. Entering the shot with Mars is the last song. Now, uncharacteristically, this vessel is actually tumbling through space as it begins to enter the atmosphere. We enter the interior of the last song. uh, We see that the cockpit is empty. We see that the halls, mess decks, the uh, crew quarters are all empty. And our last shot is of several different pods. These pods are filled with liquid, filled with wires, and each and every one of you have been in a sort of stasis. Your mind's uh, locked in a virtual reality simulation in order to conserve resources on your long three week trip here. You were supposed to wake up at least 48 hours prior to entering the atmosphere and the alarms are starting to go off. The pods that you're in starting to drain and each and every one of you are being yanked from whatever your virtual reality simulation is sometimes it's training sometimes it's other stuff whatever your particular crew member enjoys so coming out of this you feel sickened you feel dazed you are more than confused uh, given the alarms but also this is a process that's supposed to take at least an hour Yet you all are starting to climb out of your perspective pods one by one after only a minute. Uh, wires still connected to your bodies, your mind in the haze. Let's go around the table and introduce our players and characters. Uh, we'll start with James who is playing a body. I'm playing a body.
1: He is the commander of the ship. He runs a tight ship.
0: And commander, what does the last song's like default uniform looks like? Probably like a standard military wear. Commander, your crew, as you're looking around, are still exiting from their pods. The alarms are going off. The ship's computer is telling you that you're entering the atmosphere right now and making your descent uh, into Mars. And the ship is currently rocking uh, as it struggles to uh, basically level itself out in the atmosphere. Uh, The Martian gravity finally taking hold of your ship. And that's when you notice that one pod hoppers is still a uh hopper uh would you care to introduce your character before our commander or yourself uh does something about this stuck pod
2: yeah so uh hopper is a 60 year old 60 mid 60s gentleman uh a little older for this particular kind of crew and outfit of the science detail of the ship science in quotes of course more for the his his keen eye for quality salvage and and, and anything that'd be useful for the corporation uh he insists Based on some of his kind of uh, his experience with the with the outfit and, and wearing a more unorthodox outfit, his, he's got a kind of Hawaiian shirt over his over his standard uh, crew uniform. And this being a little more of a ragtag group, that's you know in the, in the depths of space, that a little, little less uh, frowned upon. Some graying hair, you know, about five foot eight. Not the tallest guy in the world, but you know, he's got has got a weird look to him though.
0: Hopper, before we move on from you, what simulation uh, were, was the crew undergoing prior to everyone waking up from VR? You mean like a collective simulation? Yeah. uh, Periodically, you guys go through a collective simulation. uh, Often training exercises, but you tell me.
2: So in this case, this being kind of a shorter run mission and and the training being less important for what what the corporation thought the encounter would be, uh, they actually had us all on a a kind of simulated luxury resort, an island resort with a giant casino set in the 1930s, just pre-World War II.
0: So being pulled from this, uh, you find yourself in a pod whose Door won't open. You see through the vermilion glass, uh, Commander Abadi making his way over to your pod. What do you e- either of you do? The pod doesn't seem to be opening. So, sorry, I'm 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 conscious. You're conscious. You're stuck in the pod right now, and com- uh, Commander Abadi is the only face you can see uh, approaching you. Okay, so so Ho- Hopper is a little, like less
2: uh, <laughs> worried about this this malfunction. He knows it's, it's just a, a quirk in the system. It kind of—it kind of looks at the commander. I, I look—I look at the commander and and, and kind of try to get, catch his eye and make it clear that I can't get
1: out. Hopper, uh, what the hell are you still doing in there?
2: I kind of shrug my shoulders and you know, give him, give him a give wry grin. are all screwy. Another shrug. All right. I, am I allowed to talk can I, can I talk through
0: to him through this? Is is he able to hear me?
2: Yeah, he's he's going to oh, be able I'm to sorry. hear you. I'm sorry. Sorry, I thought I thought it was like suspended in liquid.
0: My bad. No, it's it, like the liquid and everything else has done its job, like the liquid has been drained out, the wires are disconnecting, it's just the door won't open for you. So I, I kind of like, look, I'm like, Commander, you want, want to help me out of this thing? Yeah,
1: kid, uh, let me try to pry you out. I'm going to try to pry the door open. Like, are you physically just trying to pry the door open? Yeah, I mean, he probably doesn't have anything on him right now, so he probably just well- would try to...
2: Can I can I try to like also like put my back against the back of the pod and leverage my legs or I help him like like I'm putting pressure on the inside door.
0: So I think we're going to have our commander roll and Hopper you're going to give him your security die. The security roll is definitely where a lot of our physical stuff is going to come from. Uh, And so while James here is building a body's uh, dice pool, you're going to loan him your die. So what's your security at? Sweet six
1: and I think I would just be
0: rolling my physical die. I got a 10. I got a 5. Thanks, Commander. (laughs) Uh, So, unfortunately, uh, you begin to try to uh, pry it, but your skin is still, like, slick with that uh, goo that keeps your body suspended and also, like, is supposed to dampen the G-force on you as the ship travels through space, right? Uh, And you're unable to open the pod, While this is going on, the camera pans away from you to uh, Kimura, uh, who is in an adjacent uh, pod. What are you doing, Kimura? And if you would kindly describe your character.
3: Sure. Uh, So this is First Officer uh, Sybil Kimura. She is the First Mate and Head of Security on board the ship. And uh, so she's in the pod now. So I, I assume she would be... I guess she's trying to get out. Uh, it, I mean, is she able to get out, or is she also having I mean, a similar issue?
0: Your pod is good. Uh, your pod okay. door is open. You've gone through the process. Um, it's just it's only Hopper's pod in this whole scenario that's stuck right okay. now. Uh, meanwhile, the ship is like somewhat tumbling through um, right now.
3: Okay. So I, I, I think uh, uh, Kamira gets out of her pod, and uh, now she is also. A veteran of the third unity war which and as a souvenir let's say from uh, that conflict she has uh, essentially for one of her eyes she has kind of a a mad eye moody thing going on (laughs) with with, uh, just this janky metallic and like green holographic looking like eyeball thing strapped to her face uh, where she took a blow back in the war and I think for her uh, uniform, it's modified slightly to be more of a, a trench coat kind of look.
0: So what do you want to do, uh, Kimura? Um, Is she helping out with the commander and Hopper here? Or are you going to go to your station to tr- figure out what's going on with the ship? What are your priorities?
3: She's going to head to her station. She assumes that Hopper uh, and the commander, that they'll figure it
0: out. Absolutely. Um, Fan, uh, let's pan over to you.
4: All right, all right. Fan is a young, uh, trying-to-be-hot-shot-pilot type of person, you know. He's on the ship, but he wants to make a name for himself as a, as a good pilot. He just goes by Fan, kind of an unfortunate first name for him. They didn't name him Stanley, they named him Stan, his parents, for some stupid reason. So he's Stan Fan, and he always hates that, so he tries to keep that under wraps. So I guess the commander would know what his first name is, but... He goes by Fan.
0: And, uh, Fan, given that you're the ship's pilot, are you heading straight to the cockpit?
4: Yeah, I'm not waiting. I'm, I'm
0: just heading off. <laughs> Sorry, Hopper, you're going to roll a new character. Uh, okay, let's pan over to Robinson.
5: Yeah, pan over, baby. Let's do it.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do we see on the screen, Robinson? Okay, so I am uh, Chief Engineer
5: uh, Cyrus Robinson. I am a early 50s uh, engineering type Uh, Also during the Third Unity Wars, I made a name for myself in uh, weapons designs, and I had a lot to do with actually manufacturing warships. But as far as spending time in the air, I have not had a ton of reason to do that. All of my work has been on the ground. But I was contracted out by Reinhardt Goodson to accompany this Comet class ship because they didn't have anybody else, and I was a name. And as a I guess, floundering company. They just sort of went for the name that they could trust. And I'm your guy. And I just happened to be in between gigs. So I guess I woke up a little bit late. I recognize, as most people do, that uh, sirens are generally not a great thing. So I think that my priority, I I don't think I have any allegiance to anybody on the ship, really. Uh, So I think that my priority would probably go in into the main hold to figure out you know if there's something that i can diagnose from there and if there's
0: something that needs to be fixed and uh, actually why don't you kick off your first role which is going to be a mental plus engineering okay uh you're under pressure which you're good at so i am you, good at that yeah you are good at that so you're gonna get extra d6 from that especially. and ship's mechanic is relevant for you here
5: Okay, so you said that it is an engineering role, so I need a D10, is that right? And that since I'm under pressure, I get an additional D6.
0: Yeah. Correct. And then you're also a ship's mechanic, so you're getting a D8 from that.
5: Okay. Uh, you would think that'd be a little bit better. Uh, 11.
0: 11. Okay, and you're counting your two highest, right?
5: Oh, my two highest, are 10. Yeah,
0: yeah. so uh, generally for these rolls, um, and this, this is just for everybody, especially since we're not necessarily using like the same dice roller or whatever, I just, I mostly want to know your the total between your two highest rolls, and if you rolled any ones.
5: Oh, I also rolled a one.
0: You fucking idiot, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Robinson. I'm going to give you a plot point. Um, We are using the doom pool, aka the danger zone mechanic. Danger Uh, zone. What did you roll a one on? Like, what size die was that?
5: Uh, That would have been uh, my D10.
0: You have added a D10 to the danger zone. (laughs) Danger
5: zone
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're happy with that i'm really uh, hyped <laughs> so you get another plot point um yeah so uh also i need to roll sorry my bad uh you roll 11 total right
5: 11 total but my yeah. two highest are 10
0: okay um my uh I rolled a ten, so you beat that. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think you begin to uh, head toward the uh, after the ship, where the engine room is to figure out what's going on. And you notice that um, one of the two engines is not even powered on right now. That is going to have like an impact on one how the ship flies. Uh, But two, also, which systems are being prioritized for energy right now? Unfortunately, Reinhardt Gissen Interstellar has skimped on some things and uh, cut corners here and there. And that includes, like, having decent engines that can properly power the ship uh, by themselves. What?
5: (laughs) (laughs) So, So there are basically two auxiliary engines instead of one being, like, a main engine? Yes following in can right. canada
2: that was more of a good choice than a reinhardt choice can we blame all the all the cutbacks on uh on goodson <laughs> classic goodson yeah um okay so i think that
5: so I, I i gained this knowledge by how did i make this assessment where am i in relation to like an engine room
0: you're in the engine room itself you have um access to various consoles and stuff Uh, So, and you can also just talk to the ship's computer, um, and I think a combination of all these things um, is helping you, like, assess the situation. Okay. Uh,
5: All right. So, I guess that my first move would be to
0: prioritize uh, our navigation system. Uh, So, are you just rerouting power from the working engine? You're not going to bother trying to fix the secondary engine, or are you trying to... Mm -hmm. hang on sorry
5: so did you say that we're like hurtling through the the uh through through space we're just sort of like spinning about uh
0: yes and you're starting to enter the atmosphere right now
5: yeah i think that my first priority would just be to try and get our navigation system online not try to i I imagine in my limited uh, capacity to process what's going on i'm probably just thinking of all the different things that could be wrong with that other engine so my first move is just to just try and get our navigation online or else we're going to crash to this planet.
0: I'm going to ask for two rolls, um, one from Robinson and one from Than, uh, as you two are transversing the ship and not buckled in just yet. Uh, the ship buckles. You're not going to need to roll Robinson to reroute power or do whatever it is you want to do. That's easy. Baby stuff, it's fine. Um, you're rolling they to, yeah, yeah. You're rolling to um, latch on and brace yourself as the ship buckles and more of that Martian gravity is starting to take root here. And that goes for fan as well.
5: Am I rolling physical?
0: Yes. Um, that's another thing too. I would rather you guys tell me what you're rolling. Oh, okay. uh, like I'm, I'm walking McKinley through this um, for the first couple rolls, but. I would rather you guys tell me what you're rolling and I course correct you uh, to like help you like learn your sheet a little bit better. Um, but yeah, so you're going to roll physical and you can go ahead and because you're in the engineering room, if you like, you can roll engineer or you can roll security. Um, same goes for fan. Fan, you're just like getting into the cockpit itself. So you're more than welcome to roll your pilots, uh, but you can also roll security as well. Okay,
4: so I'll I'll roll um, my pilot uh, and my physical then.
5: Okay. Hey, Kirby, I, I rolled another yeah. one. Okay. <laughs>
0: You're oh, welcome,
5: oh, uh, <laughs> But I did get a 10 on that total.
0: I got a 12 total. I rolled a 15. 15, okay. So t- uh, Tony's good. Fan, fan's good. Fan, I think we ha- see you just... There's a moment there where uh, you... Almost fly up and out of the cockpit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not out into open air, uh, but, like, back down the corridor. uh, When you latch onto the door and we see you kick on, like, your gravity boots and begin, like, marching toward that seat where you then buckle yourself in. McKinley uh, Robinson, uh, there are a couple options here for you to try to salvage your roll. You said you rolled a 7? I rolled a 10 total, a 9 and a 1. So, actually... uh, ones you don't count um toward your total that's the other thing about ones um so if you, if you only have two dice and one or both of them rolled ones then you don't get to count I that just toward your roll total. so you actually roll a nine yeah so uh unfortunately here bud let me see i die
4: see
0: ya yeah yeah first trip
4: into space he's already there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah uh, unfortunately here there's plot points are going to save you right now um, because you don't have any other dice that you could be adding or like adding to the total here. Uh, so yeah, I think what happens here is that you know exactly where to um, begin to like access the console uh, and you are yanked back before you could kick on your magnetic boots uh, and so you fly up several feet and you fly back several feet away from that uh, console um, bumping your hip against uh, a like railing uh, which then causes you to flip over you grab onto that so you're hanging on to that and so you're trying to get the computer to do it but the computer is telling you that for some reason you're you're locked out from that specific command like it recognizes your voice but it basically says, sorry, I, I can't do that, Mr. Robinson. So the console says do that after I bump my hip against it? You're, like, several feet away from the console, and the computer is telling you that you can't do it, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you bump up against a reeling, which causes you to flip over. You grab onto the railing, and now you're just kind of hanging on there uh, as this ship enters um, the atmosphere. Uh, back into the, like, pod room where uh, Hopper... And the commander are the two of you finally managed to get the pod open uh, but you're now in a position where you're not going to be able to quite reach your stations um, as you had hoped so i mean if you'd like you can try to travel there but you're also going to have to make a similar role like fan and robinson um, otherwise you're going to have to buckle in um, as you're learning that you're entering the atmosphere right now uh, which it's not going to be good for anyone standing up until our pilot here can take control of the situation. Yeah, so so Hopper
2: quickly, I, I quickly realized that, you know, the ship is in a dire situation, tumbling through the atmosphere, and being a scientist on the ship, I kind of yell at Fan, and like, Fan, get this thing under control! This is your job! Get me to the surface!
0: I'm trying, Hopper, I'm trying! Fan, uh, we cut to the cockpit, and uh, you're finally in the um, pilot seat, and oddly enough, the computer system is telling you that there's already a pilot in the seats when you arrive. Unlike Robinson, you're not locked out um, from the helm. It's just an odd thing that you notice. Uh, and so the ship has, has finally like stopped like tumbling, which is good for you because that Martian gravity, even though it's lighter than Earth's, is going to have a bunch of people flying around if you don't get control of the ship. So you are currently nosediving rapidly toward Martian ground Piercing through dark clouds, Uh, what do you do?
4: Uh, So the first thing I'm going to try to do is uh, right the ship. So whatever the controls are like, I'm just going to roll my, I assume, physical and pilot to physically move the ship to a better heading.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I have rolled a 12. 13. 10.3. 10.3. Okay, nice. So, uh, you managed to quickly gain access. There is a moment there where it does query, um, are you sure you want to allow for a secondary pilot? Um, this ship is not supposed to be flying itself. So, again, not supposed to be a thing that pops up. I yell at uh, it. But-
4: of course I do.
0: Yeah, you have to scroll through the uh, Terms and Agreements from Reinhardt, Goodson, Interstellar. What the fuck? uh, (laughs) And hit accept. Uh, But yeah, you managed to uh, gain control of the helm, and you level the um, ship. The is very turbulent here, uh, but you're heading for clearer skies. You you are currently at the edge of a storm system, and given your current heading, uh, you'll be in safer pastures here in a few minutes uh kimura the ship buckles beneath your feet but where does kimura find uh herself in this situation like what's kimura's station in a thing like this are you also heading to the cockpit and strapping down or are you elsewhere
3: yeah i i, I think uh she uh, so i think at in the cockpit there'd be a seat for her um uh, so she'd just be strapped in as this whole thing's going down
0: I think perhaps like you can have like a secondary like task here where you're perhaps helping, uh, fan figure out a place to land or just even figure out where you're at or uh, what's happening. Sure. Um, so like when you're strapped down, like you have access to a computer console. Um, what's uh, I guess out of all the questions that are kind of popping up right now, uh, potentially in your head, what's the one question you want answered right now?
3: Exactly. What what is our mission? Uh,
0: your mission is uh, is to do a salvaging operation of any Martian colonies that you come across. Um, officially, it will be documented as research. Okay. Uh, that said, uh, you all weren't expecting to be entering atmosphere right now, or to be caught in this situation. Again, you all were supposed to wake up two days, a full two days prior to entering the atmosphere. Now that the ship has finally, like, leveled out, and now that we have, like, an exterior shot of the ship uh, flying out uh, of this storm system, what does anyone want to do? I'd like to try to
4: see why uh, the ship registered a pilot in it, if we've got a moment to do that.
0: Uh, Once you go ahead and roll for me, Uh, you're going to be rolling mental plus pilot, I would imagine. And I've set the stakes to 13.
4: Uh, I got a 10 and a 6 with my mental and my
0: um, pilot. You begin to check through the logs. And there was a query to authorize a pilot. The ship itself does have like limited piloting like uh, ability. And uh, apparently Commander Abadi signed off on this. Uh, to allow for the ship to commence uh, entry. Abadi, you definitely did not do that. Uh, but that's for you and uh, the rest of the crew to decide. So what is everyone else doing? I'm going mean, to get to my station.
2: Yeah, Hopper is not part of the landing-slash-flying
3: crew, so I'm strapping down as quickly as I can. I think Kimura would uh, link up with the commander and determine next steps.
4: And I, I just want to say that um, I think If we're in the same room, I would want to tell the commander what I found to ask him if he actually did that.
0: I think you all would be in the same room together, uh, with perhaps the exception of Robinson who has finally found some footing. (laughs) He was still just haplessly dangling off of the trailing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Put on the wrong boots, you have your anti-gravity boots on. (laughs) Yeah,
5: I would imagine that Robinson is still in the engine room seeing about trying to
0: get this other engine online so uh while you're looking into that the rest of the crew gathers within the bridge it's small compact with chairs enough for everybody uh commander you uh entered the bridge and take your seats at your specific console uh and that's when presumably fan uh reports in uh kimura you're already there and hopper you can be there if you like robinson yeah what's up what just happened?
5: Fuck if I know. I mean, you, you're on the same ship I am. We're just spinning around in infinity, and one of your engines isn't on. So, talk to your boss. Don't bother me.
1: Shit.
4: Uh, uh Commander, did you uh, happen to uh, authorize the ship to uh, engage landing procedures? What? The, the, no. the log stated that uh, you signed off on it, and I thought that was weird, but, um, uh, Wanted to report that, sir. Uh,
1: No, I I definitely didn't do that. We're supposed to be coming out of isolation. So let me get
5: this straight. You don't remember or didn't authorize a second pilot, and I also have one dead engine. So I'm just supposed to accept that this is a coincidence. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at this point Robinson is kind of disengaged from the conversation. Is and is more concerned with the console and the engine room. Did you Did you say dead pilot? Yeah, I've got one engine running. I got one that's dead in the water, so I'm trying to figure out what's going on with that. I, I imagine that your bosses probably uh, skipped out and gave us some refurbed engines and hope for the best. So I'm trying to tie
1: this thing together by fucking twine and bubble gum. Kimura. yes, Captain. Is, is- Is there any possibility this is one of those uh, computer virus things? It
3: may be possible. This is the first we've had any issue with the ship, uh, and we have had no other contact with other ships. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll check the logs to see uh, if anything could have infiltrated our security systems.
0: I'm going to... uh, Well, I guess I'll go check on our pilot. We cut away to the actual engine room itself. The engine room is probably the largest compartments on this ship the engines themselves are massive they're they are billed as being brand spanking new but they are definitely a generation old robinson um you know from being briefed uh, when you signed on to this mission that these are apparently experimental Engines that Reinhardt Goodson Interstellar has uh, developed and slapped onto the Comet-class ship. Walking in is uh, the one other crew member, uh, Nunez. Uh, She is 5'8", and she herself seems to be sporting a bruise along her temple. She's holding like an ice pack against it. She's the ship's doctor, uh, but her secondary position in times like this is to be like the flight team the uh fire response team and so her station is normally in or around the uh, engine room where fires are likely to happen she's uh, so as she's climbing down she says what the hell is going on
5: i'll tell you what's going on reinhardt goodson's decided to make us a guinea pig for this engine that they don't even know works so i've got one engine that's completely dead i've got another one that's barely working and i've got two incompetent assholes up in the cockpit not knowing they're Fucking elbows from their assholes so you tell me what are we doing here
0: (sighs) fuck if i know
5: (sighs) i'm just trying to keep this bird in the air so uh you know if you can give me a hand over at this console that might get us somewhere but as is we're just
0: tilting in the air hoping for the best she heads over to one of the adjacent consoles she begins working um she is uh, a younger woman It, it kind of sounds like she's one of the younger crew members here with her being in her mid-20s. Uh, but she begins to basically do a lot of gestures and uh, tapping. There's no, like, screen to, like, tap onto. It's all, like, holograms at this point. And so she's, like, shifting stuff around. But meanwhile, she's complained to you this entire time because, I mean, the ship was supposed to return to the lunar base. And when this mission uh, got... Uh, assigned to the crew that basically extended your spacefaring deployment by a few months, and she's been pissed about that. Uh, she just wants to go home.
5: Uh, yeah, I'm not not too keen on this mission myself. So, tell me something. You know, so are you seeing anything on that console that might suggest, say, a manual override or anything like that? Something that suggests that maybe this has been a uh, uh, well, f- for lack of a better word, tampered with.
0: There's a pregnant moment in the conversation where she's trying to digest the information that is flying across the screen. And she says, look at this. And she just uh, flings the information to your console uh, with a hand gesture. And on your screen, uh, the information popping up, um, there are two things here. One, the port side engine has been overclocked and it frankly just burned out. Um, sometime within your three-week voyage here. And then two, the starboard engine, the only working engine, has all of 20 minutes before that also conks out. You can maybe try to push it for more time, but you're going to have to put this bird down.
5: So I think that right now Robinson, having digested this information, is now looking to cut off all non-essential Uh, operations on the the ship. I, I don't think that he's even running it by the captain, he's just doing it. So I'm saying like, navigation, you know, basic movement and life support and that's kind of it.
0: And I kind of imagine life support has been on low because you all were in like stas- uh, stasis pods, right? Uh, there's no need to have it on like full blast. So it is like frigid in the ship right now. And we cut to the cockpit slash bridge uh, where the captain is perhaps uh, sounds like maybe hanging over a uh, fan's shoulder uh, trying to figure out what's going on.
5: Yeah. So I imagine that uh, communications is still up, right?
0: Yeah, communication's still up.
5: Okay, I think that um, all right. Robinson comes over a com. That <clears throat> the body, uh, you're. I got. I, I, I got some bad news for us. We need to get to nearest port. Doesn't matter where we go. Where we can go. Uh, we got about twenty minutes before this whole thing's just dead in the water.
4: Yeah.
5: Okay. Yeah. I've already rerouted all powers to the essential functions. Everything else is going to be completely cut down. Yeah, you uh, you might want to get a blanket because it's going to get pretty chilly in here.
1: That's fine by me. And we're already headed there, right? Uh, yes, sir.
0: Good. All right, everyone. Settle in. We cut to an exterior shot of the ship. Uh, Fan, what does this vessel look like? It's not a huge vessel, Minds. Uh, and it's meant to switch between atmosphere flight and space flight. Uh, so, in your mind, what does this vessel look like?
4: Hmm. Put me on the spot. Um, let's see. Oh well. If it if it switches between you know two different modes of transport or travel, then um, I assume it kind of looks like the the unreliable from outer world. That's what I'm I'm
2: thinking nice. of. Nice. <laughs> nice. Good pull. Nice. Because
4: <laughs> it's got those big engines that'll you know turn from vertical to horizontal depending on what it's doing i like that
0: we have an exterior shot of the ship uh, making its approach to a nearby abandoned colony now unlike a lot of um pictures in our time and concept art uh, these aren't like huge glass domes uh what it really is it's still like kind of dome-ish but you can see it's within like the earth itself covered with a thick layer of dried ice and dirt are the colonies and this specific colony is actually the largest uh, on mars allegedly Ground Zero for an incident that happened 50 years ago that uh, basically stopped all of Martian uh, terraforming in its tracks. Uh, this colony is called the Homeports, and it was uh, it was where all the employees of Zephyr Limited, a co- a mega corporation that is no longer in existence largely due to what happened here on Mars. it's is basically where uh, they did all the research. Um, It's basically where they also had terraforming equipment set up and where they had all their employees set up. Uh, And yeah, all those lives were lost uh, in an incident that happened 50 years ago. And the ship itself touches down onto a pad. Um, This pad is above surface um, and very quickly, like, if you were to walk through it, uh, walk on the pad would lead to a tunnel, uh, that you can then use to descend into the, uh, colony itself. Um, I think perhaps we have a shot or a scene where everyone is kind of gathered together. I think, Commander, maybe you're giving orders to the crew, uh, as to directions and perhaps even suiting up.
1: Okay, how about we go and, um... Uh seeing how long it's going to be before we can get this engine fixed
3: good pep talk commander uh, i think what Chimera would do is uh try and investigate what was going on with the ship but it yeah so i i don't i don't know that i'd have anything for what the rest of the crew does right now so
2: hopper kind of looks at everybody and kind of gives a little shrug and throws a backpack over his shoulder but only like one strap cool style he was like, you guys, you guys take a look at the ship. I'm going to take a look around and see what I can gather for our actual mission here before you guys screwed it all up. Hopper
5: sits in a chair
2: backwards, turns his hat backwards and... It's like, let me wrap let me, to, let me, let me to you guys a little bit here. <laughs> uh,
5: Robinson says, that's fine by me. I mean, the fewer people that have their hands on this engine, the better. Uh, somebody somewhere overclocked this engine and that's what killed it so i don't know if it was one of you clowns or if someone back on earth but unless someone gives me a real good reason to let you touch one of these engines i'm not going to and i walked towards the engine room again
1: it wasn't me i was asleep i was smoking <laughs> a cigar and i don't even know heads or tails what an engine is. i want to talk
3: to robinson uh so following up on what robinson said i want to ask are you sure this could have happened to the engine without any outside that only outside interference could have affected this because I don't think any of us touched the engines so
5: somehow some way this engine got overclocked and that doesn't happen by itself someone had to have had some sort of outside influence brought it in more functions to it than it's capable of handling so uh, either this faulty engine this uh, oh sorry experimental engine is faultier than we were led to believe or Someone had a hand in
1: this, you know. Can, you can think what you want. Can you control how much power is going to the engine from the computer network? Is that I suspect currently that this was a computer virus. <laughs> I want to have uh, Kimura. <laughs>
2: Kevin, see, and Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil is fucking in this ship, and it's fucking amazing. I fucking love it. Sorry, keep going.
1: I think uh, oh, oh. I'll play.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I think uh, would check the computer systems, and if I need to roll for that, I can.
0: What kind of answers are you looking for? Now, what happened to the ship? or any anomalies
3: any anomalies related to the engines
0: okay yeah absolutely uh so yeah you will need to roll for that um what do you want to roll while i get my dice roller out okay I, i i think i'll do uh mental
3: and i i don't know if security would apply to this in the sense that i'm looking for any external intrusion into our system
0: i could do that i've set the stakes to seven
3: okay And uh, I I think my head of security distinction might apply. Basically, I would be the person who oversees all access to our network.
0: Okay. Using a dice machine gun over there. What's happening? (laughs) That's my keyboard. He's just rolling them until he gets the (laughs) result.
3: Okay. And I got a, a. a seven and then I also rolled a one. So not great. as I got three, four,
0: and one. Three, four, and one. Okay, so yeah, yeah, seven. Uh okay, yeah. Um oh I guess I accidentally erased the oh, so the D six was the one, right? I'm gonna give you a plot point and buy that from you, adding a D six to my pool. Okay. So the danger zone grows. Unlike uh D, this is not a meet and beat. You have to like flat out beat the roll. Uh, so unfortunately uh, yeah you uh, begin to root around you don't see uh, any point of intrusions you're not seeing anything in the you're not seeing anything in the logs for or any like reported errors or unusual anomalies except for the commander's authorizations for several things but the commander insists on us uh, having been asleep and smoking a cigar
3: During the time when those authorizations occurred? Yes.
0: Uh, It seemed to have happened about seven... uh, Those authorizations happened seven days ago, but the logs don't show the commander as having left his pod.
3: And no other actual information as to what the intrusion could have been.
0: No other information as to what the intrusions would have been. Don't really gain any insight here. I think... You just learned that the commander authorized, like, the overclocking of the engines, the ship to automatically pilots, and just stuff like that.
3: Okay, then I think our next objective will be to salvage parts, not for a mission, but to simply get our- ourselves back up and running.
0: Uh, while you're doing that research, Fan, you while you're at the helm still, I kind of imagine, you do pick up a notice uh, because you're the pilot, you do have to keep an eye out for the conditions of leaving Mars, right? And you're picking up that there is a system brewing not too far from your current location. The engines aren't strong enough to take you to a different colony, and it seems like this system would be on top of you all uh, with within, like, six hours.
4: Commander, uh, we've got a pretty large storm coming in. Recommend we batten the hatches or whatever we can do while we're stuck here. Is the ship, like,
0: sealed? Will we be okay? You'll be okay... Depending on how strong the storm is, uh, keep in mind that there are these shifts in gravity that happens, and it's highly localized, and they seem to happen in areas where, like the eye of a storm, is going through. Do we have food? You do have food, but that's part of the reason why you <laughs> all have to hunker down for long periods of time, uh, despite the engines getting you around the solar system quicker uh, in this day and age. Uh, is that the uh, ship isn't that large, and the hold is primarily supposed to be for the salvage that you pick up for the company. And that's all to say that there has never been, like, a large food supply on board the ship. So you have food. It just will not last long.
1: I hope we can get those engines fixed with what we have on us
0: because we're not going anywhere. I think Nunez, uh chimes in, going to lean on... Uh, On her distinction here where she's a loner who specifically has this special effect that reads maybe we should split up. And that's exactly what she chimes in with. Maybe we should enter the colony. It's been sealed for years. I'm sure there's supplies in there and we should just split up and try to get this work done as soon as possible because I'm trying to go home. No.
1: No. If the team wants to go to the colony, we can consider it, but we will not split up. Conditions are too dangerous.
2: Oh, wait, wait. Did, did Hopper, uh, like, I was trying to go into the colony
0: through the access panel. Did that, did that, that, that didn't happen yet? Am I still with these guys? I think Hopper is potentially suiting up to head out. Mars. Oh, okay. Uh, despite the terraforming efforts, Martian atmosphere is still not mm-hmm. uh, sustainable for humans. Uh, that, that said, you're not going to die, like, instantly if you're without, like, a suit they they were very proud back in their day when they proudly announced that a human can survive a full minute out in the martian mm-hmm. sun okay <laughs>
2: sorry but, I, I guess i guess hopper's as close to like being out the door as fully suited as he possibly can be in the
0: situation
3: i mean does it, yeah, the but... colony have actual like buildings and cover w- would it be a place we could survive in during a storm
0: it's largely underground. Okay. Um, the upper layer here, uh, you can see the outline of the upper layer um, that is again like caked with dry ice and um, and dirt in order to help pressurize. Uh, but yeah, uh, it is largely underground.
3: Okay, I'm going to uh, so I'll communicate with the commander. Commander, I think I think our best shot out of this is to send a search party to go and get supplies. We can make it to the colony and survive and hunker down through the storm there while we actually work on getting supplies uh, and move forward our towards completing right. our mission. If we stay here, we're just losing time. I see the merit in that idea. I don't want to be stuck in a sardine
1: can either. But I don't think that we should send out a search party. I think we should all go. Like I said, it's too dangerous. Wait,
2: Kirby, Kirby can, I, can, I, can, I, am I, can I hear this conversation that's going on? Yeah, you can probably hear this conversation. Guys, this is bullshit. Like, I'm here for a job. I'm here to salvage some st- I'm here to research some stuff. <laughs> you guys take care of the ship problem. We're on the clock here. I gotta do some research.
3: Hopper, the in order to complete our salvage mission, in order to do any of this research, we need to get the ship up and running.
2: I count five of you besides me. It takes you that many people to fix a
3: ship? I'm only one person. You need six of us? Wait, so are you say I am confused actually. Wait, is Hopper advocor, advocating for everyone staying here now? No no I'm, or, I'm
2: advocating to go just to go right now. It's going to the colony.
3: That's oh, that's what I'm advocating <laughs> to. <Yeah. laughs>
2: not for like <laughs> not for like searching for supplies. Like we don't we need six people to search for supplies for
0: the ship. Well, okay,
1: it sounds like <laughs> all
0: in the Well now I kind of imagine <laughs> Hopper just quietly <laughs> going to different people and advocating for different things. <laughs> No, so,
2: so here's here's the point. Like, I'm not I'm not agreeing with you guys to like not split up. I'm trying to say well, let's split up and do other things. Like, I don't I don't need to go out and search for you guys for fucking like oxygen tanks and fucking fuel cells.
3: What purpose does completing your research serve if we don't actually get out of here? I just don't want someone to have to stay back on the ship and fix it while everybody
1: else goes off. No, we can we can all go have fun. I mean, our <laughs> own kind of fun. Everyone has
2: a fun space adventure. <laughs> I mean, I'm here to have a great time doing my research, but. I'm, all I'm saying, Commander, is, like, let's go. Let's all get in these in our suits. Let's all split up and do whatever we need to do. You guys
0: work on fixing the ships. I'll work on fixing our actual goddamn mission.
4: <laughs> sounds like fun. <laughs> uh,
0: so it sounds like uh, everyone is mobilizing to head out. Um, Robinson, are you good with that plan, too?
5: So, wait, l- l- let's recap here. So Hopper's going off on his onesie and everybody else is, is staying to fix the ship?
0: No, everyone's leaving the ship to have a fun oh, space-, space adventure. Everyone's
5: leaving the ship to find a fun space adventure. Okay, uh, let, me ask, th- let me ask you this. In the time that I spent in the engine room, would it be safe to say that I have identified parts that would need to be fixed in order to get the engines back online?
0: Yeah, I would say so. Okay, then I'm good. We cut to the exterior of the ship where you all are leaving out of, of the ramp and then we fast forward to you arriving to the first entry point to the Colony. The large door is approximately 100 yards uh, underground down a decline uh, when you arrive. It's large, it's metallic, and across it in big ugly fonts, uh, Comic Sans, uh, it says, yeah. Zephyr Limited, who used to be the top dog as far as mega corporations uh, went 50 years ago, but very quickly crashed uh, after what happened here on Mars. The nearby console does not seem responsive, uh, although there does seem to be a reserve of energy to pull. What do you do? Uh, I think that
5: uh, Robinson is going to go over to the console to see if. I can try and pull some of that reserve energy to get this thing fired up.
0: Before we focus on that, what is everyone else doing? Is everyone else just kind of on standby? Uh, I'm going to go with Hopper.
4: Fan's going to aimlessly look around to see if he can find anything cool.
0: Sure. Uh, How about Kimura?
3: Kimura would also just sort of check the perimeter and just get the lay of the land, explore a bit. Uh, I think that Robinson,
5: having built I'm not going to say rapport, but having worked with Muniz before, would probably call her over and have her assistance.
0: Okay. Yeah, the two of you are squatting down, trying to work through this older, like, power grid system. Uh, you have your tools out, and um, she's cut off, like, the team's com to just talk to you directly, because uh, you all have, like, your helmets and your exosuits on, right? Look, how I hear it, we only have six hours to get supplies head back fix things and then take off before that huge storm system comes out we don't even know what's on the other side of the store i think it's a dumb decision not to split up the group to cover more ground how about you and i split off from the group as soon as we can to look for the parts that we need those idiots don't know how to work on this engine i mean everybody else
5: is just having an easter egg hunt here so i don't really trust them to touch this things anyway so uh let's figure out how to get this thing back online see if we can get anything useful and then we'll get the hell out of here i hesitate to ask but do you you know what happened on mars like what happened here maybe that can help us get some sort of i don't know some sort of idea of what we're looking for
0: i don't know old timer you should be telling me um well i remember learning at school Remember, and then,
5: and then Robinson opens his mouth and says everything exactly that happened.
0: <laughs> and it sounds yeah. a little like this. <laughs> uh, 50 years ago, terraforming efforts were going great. Uh, this very colony actually announced that they were going to be self-sustaining and able to support po- populations up to half a million people. Uh, and we're very excited about that. It seemed like terraforming efforts were really going to start taking off because progress over the last few hundred years has been very marginal uh, and way behind like optimistic estimates, um, even behind some of the more conservative estimates as to how long it was going to take to uh, terraform Mars. No one knows what happened exactly. Evidently, some scientists, uh, Dr. Prada... Was doing some sort of experiment that went wrong and had cascading effects throughout the colony uh, which then surged uh, throughout the global network and the terraforming machines started to malfunction and really that's all anyone really has uh, other than conspiracy theories i think you and nunez uh, talk about this as you begin to like work over the engines like no one's given any serious thought to Mars ever since the massive storm started. Uh, so you all are really the first people, presumably to have stepped foot on Mars in 50 years. Why don't you go ahead and make a roll for me and you can get a engineered die from Nunez. She has a D6. Is that my partnered? Cause I, I, I brought her over here so I could exploit my partnered ability. Yeah, we can do that. So you get an extra D6 on top of this roll. And also, keep in mind, um, this is a good opportunity to talk about plot points. Uh, you can spend a plot point right now to, if, you, if you're if you not feeling lucky enough to create some sort of asset that would help you in this role. I've set the stakes to 9.
4: Okay. I got
5: a, uh, an 11.
0: 11? Okay. Fantastic. Uh, after about 5-ish minutes of work and talking, uh, you manage to get the power grid on. Uh, lights begin to flood this tunnel. Uh, the door... Opens up with a whoosh. It basically opens up to a separate chamber where you can then pressurize uh, before, like, leading to the main complex. But you all push past that pretty quickly. When you enter the main uh, colony, you enter into a somewhat vast cavern. Essentially, uh, there are buildings uh, as far as you can see, many of which are not at like eye level. You're kind of on this like raised platform. Uh, along this large cavern wall, and you would have to take like an elevator down. This city, prior to the incident, had nearly a hundred thousand people, uh, so it's it's pretty it's a pretty large complex.
5: So I think in my mind, since this was a colony, I'm looking for some sort of some sort of storage hangar or something like that. Is there any sort of markings? On the, uh, like, in in video game world, is there, like, a sign somewhere that says this way to to mechanical storage facility or something like
0: that? Yeah, there's a directory that you can use. (laughs) Yeah, and it seems like uh, the energy here is low, Um, so it seems like the only energy usage is localized, Um, Even as you were like leaving the um, decompression chamber, like the lights in the tunnel that you all were just in had already gone out. Um, And as you exit from the decompression chamber, like the lights are going out there and a nearby terminal like lights up with the directory. Again, this was basically a small city. So there are obviously like residential uh, areas, but there are also workshops and stuff that you can be grabbing supplies from.
5: I, I think it everybody's in roughly earshot, or is it just me and
0: Muniz? No, everyone's, uh, everyone's here. Um, you all are also wearing exosuits still, which, uh, which would have like a team comms uh, communication channel. All right, so this is
5: Robinson here. Basically what we've got here is we've got about five hours to get off this planet before we get hit with something nasty. Obviously, the only way we can do that is through two faulty engines that we don't fully understand. Now, in my ever-expanding genius, I have diagnosed our engines and found uh, what I believe to be is the issue. I think that our best course of action is to try and find the parts to get off of this godforsaken planet. Now, I understand that some people here are here for mostly an Easter egg hunt. Uh, you can do what you want, but do be advised that any rooms that you are utilizing uh, is taking more of our power supply that we do not understand Um, the actual important part, which is saving our asses. So, Inez and I are going to go to the mechanical storage facility. I suggest all of you come with us. If, for some reason, you decide to go against that suggestion, please limit your usage of our precious power supply while I try and save your asses to a minimum. Thank you, and goodbye.
3: I think Kimura would chime in here. Well, you heard the man. This is an order. The whole team the whole crew will be following Robinson, and we will be looking for our engine supplies. All
2: right. At this point, Kirby, I'm going to try to spend a, a plot point to create an asset. That asset is a distraction.
0: Okay. Oh, uh, what does that look like?
2: So, as part of when that console lit up, I saw a kind of little subroutine in there for like, emergency override alarm, and I want to see if I can trigger that alarm in in the uh,
0: in the facility. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. You're still going to need to roll for it, but you get to roll that asset as part of your roll. Okay, uh, I've set the stakes to eight.
2: So I'm hoping I can roll my kind of mental slash mental and uh, engineer rolls because I'm kind of trying to interface with this uh, system to create that, that alarm in the place where I want to create it, to, not to distract everybody else. Is that reasonable?
0: Uh, that's reasonable, yeah.
2: Okay, so I'm going to roll 10 and 8 here. Oh, 7 and a 4.
0: Uh, so 7, 3, and 4, it sounds like. Great. So that's the total of 11. Great, so... Uh, you begin to set off uh, an alarm. Everyone hears it. Uh, no one, I think, I, I think you were pretty successful in this distraction. The whole point is to draw attention uh, away from you. So I don't think anyone realizes that the alarm is coming from you. Uh, so, everyone else, uh, emergency red lights begin to flood uh, the platform, at least where the lights are tr- currently powered on, and uh, all across this small like cavern can hear alarms uh, beginning to whir and um, turn on and yeah
4: what the hell is that?
0: fuck that might have something to do with
5: the power supply everybody we are probably running on next to nothing uh, we need to get the hell out of here all right let's go I imagine that as Robinson saying that and probably retreating back to the first part of the, the the facility that we were at and I'm trying to investigate the terminal to see if my suspicions of our reserve power is running. Critical mass.
0: I think the terminal uh, will tell you that the power is running, that the estimated like time for the power supply is running shorter uh, because these alarm systems have to be turned on. So yeah, you do see that.
5: So is, it, is the terminal telling me that the alarms mean something, or is it just that the ter- the alarms have been turned on?
0: It just tells you that the alarms have been turned on. Okay. that kind of information is privy to a Zephyr uh, head of security. Which you are not.
5: Oh, I, there's no way for me. To, I'm trying to turn off the alarms, but I would have to be Zephyr security boy to do that. Yeah, or
0: to try to hack the terminal.
5: Does anybody have uh, computers? More of a, a nuts and bolts kind of guy? Aren't you the nuts and bolts kind of guy? Well, it's a computer, so that's not necessarily a nut or a bolt, is it? So if someone that's a little bit better than that wants to turn these fucking alarms off, that'd be great. Uh, I know a little bit about computers. I'm I'm trying not to apply the engineer too
0: broadly. Uh, I, I think this would be more of a scientist. Yeah, uh, same. Speaking of scientists, uh, where, where's Hopper in all of this? Now that you've set off the distraction, we're
2: we're in like a, on the perimeter of a dome, kind of, of like structure, right? Yeah. Yep. Kind of like a like a promenade for a like a like a, a business district, or is it like a like a, a industrial area? Like what? Like what what's the what's the kind of general setting?
0: It's for... more the former.
2: Okay. Hopper is definitely, like, trying to... It is extricating himself from this this group of, you know, chuckleheads and and trying to go down the corridor and, and basically kind of duck into some place
0: where they won't see where he went. I think while they're squabbling over turning off the alarm, uh, you begin to duck down a nearby corridor that's, like, leading down to a lower level. Uh, where what, what are you looking for, exactly?
2: Hopper's here to do his... His, his mission that he's been doing for 30 years for the Reinhardt Goodson Corporation, which is, you know, find the good stuff. You know, he, he trusts the, the other five guys to handle the, the grunt work and get the ship going, but he's here to make the real money. So I'm kind of trying to get a lay of the land and see anything that's, that's really salvageable,
0: not just for the ship. Uh, so we'll explore that here in a moment. Uh, so back to the crew. All of you are trying to figure out how to uh, turn this off. Again, we can have someone roll scientists here to try to turn off the alarms. But that does take up time. It's not going to be a simple, like, press a couple of buttons and Matrix text scrolls down and you're in. Do we really care about the alarm
1: right now? Or let's just get going. From what I can tell, this alarm system is going to be draining our power
5: supply, and this could go out at any second. I'll defer to you, Captain. And I think at this point, I might have done a, a head count and realized that there's uh, one fewer among us and uh, brought that to everyone's attention.
0: Actually, two fewer. You don't see Nunez there, either. Nunez well, is also gone. Um,
3: okay. Chimera would, so I, I think Chimera would exclaim, where the hell are Nunez and Hopper?
5: I don't know anything about this Hopper guy, but Nunez may have made a beeline to the mechanics storage facility, which is where we should all be going. I agree. And uh, I think that, uh, okay. And, and what do you, what do you know about this Hopper guy, by the way?
3: This is a general I don't know much about around. him. And that's why I don't trust him. As no, near no. as I can tell, someone has been fucking around
5: with these engines. I don't know this clown for anything. Uh, and until I have a reason to
3: suspect anyone else, he's my prime suspect. Which one of them... Do we know at all where they went? Or did they, did they go to two different places? I don't know. I
5: was trying to mess with this terminal. I didn't see anybody go anywhere. Kirby, this is a question for you. I guess you wouldn't see any kind of... like. Since the the, the lights sort of are more or less motion sensor at this point. We don't see any like flicker of lights in any particular direction, do we?
0: No, not with uh, where they they went. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's not like so this cavern is like open enough for you to see the skyline, but it's not open enough for you to like uh, see each and every bit of activity. Um, there's a lot of like clutter in the way and stuff like that.
1: I figured. I just wanted to make sure. The um, heard the order. If he decided not to follow it, he'll be reprimanded later. I well, well, I hope by remember you mean leave on this fucking rock. This is a third of our crew missing. Well, again, there's not much we can do about it. I mean, what do you want to do? Go out and look for him? I think that, that at this point, Robinson might just take a stab at trying to turn these these alarms
5: off. It's, it's kind of stacked against me, but I think that I would still take a stab at it
0: okay yeah so it's i guess just scientists scientists and mental so i'm going to be uh spending uh one my dice so basically my dice rolls work the same as you guys but because we're doing this uh danger zone mechanic i can spend a die to like add a third die to my total Mm -hmm. Uh, so i have rolled so in this example i've rolled two sixes so that's already a 12. Um, I mm-hmm. have also already rolled a 4. Um, I'm going to add that third die to my total results to give me a 16. Uh, and then after this roll, I'll no longer have that die.
5: Well, uh, glad you went ahead and used that to beat my very mighty 5.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, did you roll any 1s? Okay, basically, I spilled a Diet Coke on the console. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't roll 1. All right, so you begin to try to work through the system... And for a moment there, it it seemed like you were gaining traction. The holographic screen goes from a soft, gentle blue to a very harsh red, alerting you that authorities are coming to your position. Yeah, Uh, what does anyone here do? Can we all see this? Yeah, you can all see this. uh, And you are locked out of the system. Look,
1: there's no authorities
0: on Mars. Just don't worry about it. Let's get going.
4: I think Fan One uh, would head to the... um... Me- mechanics place that's probably our
5: best course of action for everybody yeah, uh, all care. right well yeah you heard the captain so. and uh and, and your pilot boy
0: here so let's get on with it i guess so to get to the mechanics place that uh, i think the closest one that you would probably be interested in leaning in team robinson we have an exterior shot of you all descending a elevator that's heading to the lower levels of this place we see something fly across the screen um meanwhile hopper uh, there's no Nunia's with you so you are alone and uh, I don't think you're aware that Nunia's also like left ditched the group so uh, Hopper you find yourself uh, just a couple levels uh, below the walkways and streets here if you could call them that are largely empty this place is a ghost town uh, buildings are kind of clustered and surrounding you they're not Massive. Uh, they just appear so. Just with how this place is laid out, you find yourself in more of a business district. You see offices. You see clothing stores. You see restaurants where once office workers might have like dined at. What are you doing at this point? Is this kind of like
2: a? You say it's like a business district, in
0: addition to commercial.
2: I, I, sorry. Okay. Is, is it reasonable to say that kind of you know this this being a, an op, a I,
0: we were. Was this an original destination in this particular colony? I, I, I might have missed that. In general, you were just looking to see what you can scrap on Mars. So any colony uh, that you would have safely been able to reach would have been your destination. Okay. Is, is one of those directory panels within reach of me at this point? Yes, I would say so.
2: Okay. Uh, I'd like to go to one of, those, one of those panels and kind of bring up a general directory of this particular business district looking for larger corporations, you know, particular conglomerates, anything, any kind of name that catches my attention from my knowledge of, you know, kind of corporate history from the past 30 or 40 years. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, actually, you find um, just a couple blocks away is a Zephyr Research uh, Facility. It seems like it is the only research facility prominent in this area.
2: It's like dark everywhere else, right? It's, it's poorly eliminated. Like there's like no elimination, basically. Yes. I'm gonna say like as part of my exosuit, I've got like a little flashlight on my shoulder and I kind of click it on if it wasn't before.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm gonna start making my way towards that particular Zephyr
0: yeah. building. I think- I kind of, uh, out of my breath, I'm like, bingo. As you begin to walk away from the directory, you take two steps. When suddenly you find yourself caught in a beam of light uh, hovering above you, glancing up, uh, which is kind of hard for you to look straight up in your exosuit, but you manage it anyways. Uh, appears to be some sort of drone flying in the air. Uh, It hovers and flies uh, above, circling around you. Finally, out of one of its like tiny compartments, a mini gun basically lowers itself out of its um, chassis there. And announcing in his voice, the drone says, please provide your Zephyr employee ID number. All music and art provided for the show was done by Solid, aka James, who can be found in the show notes. If you would like to keep up with the latest Starshot news, follow us on Twitter at StarshotPod. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you among the stars.